Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Jarrett Stevens, who is a pastor, writer, and speaker, so stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Guys Like Us podcast. Um, we have been doing this podcast for a few years now, and it is so great to see it grow um, and just reach deeply into into so many people. So if, if that's you, if you've tuned in before and, you're, and you really enjoy the Guys Like Us podcast, I'd love if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes means so much to me. In this episode today, I speak with Jarrett Stevens, who is a pastor, writer, and speaker. He is one of the founding pastors of Soul City, uh, a church in Chicago's West Side, and is also a a writer um, of three books. And his most recent is Praying Through, Overcoming the Obstacles That Keep Us From God. In this conversation today, it's it's quite simple. We we just talk about the uh, the barriers that we can face of just communicating and talking to God, um, and just trying to uncomplicate um, this process, just making it super easy. Um, whether you're this is your first time or you're getting new into prayer, um, if you've been praying for a while, but maybe just need um, a refresher or just another way to to connect and find rhythm. Um, he shares some some different spiritual disciplines and just practices that you can use um, in your life um, that can that can just kind of spice this up. Uh, he breaks down the different chapters of his book, um, and the way that he does it is really cool. Looking at different needs um, that we all have, um, and just how you can start there and uh, find your way into prayer um, from where you're coming. Um, we break down and discuss some of these different uh, different prayers, and yeah, he, he shares a bit more about his backstory as well, and how he made his way to Chicago, and, and and so much more. So I'm really excited for this conversation, and know that you will you will love it as well. So without further ado, here is my talk with Jarrett Stevens. Jarrett, thanks so much for joining me in the Guys Like Us podcast today. Yeah, Tyler, this is really fun, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, my my joy. Um, so I'm I'm uh, I'm calling you right now. We're uh, doing this through Skype. I'm I'm up in yeah. Boston, and you're in yeah. and you're in Chicago. Um, That's right. So can you? Uh, some folks may be familiar with with you. Um, some may not. But can you give us a, a bit more kind of background? Are you a Chicago man through and through, or uh, have kind of bring bring me through some of your childhood? Sure. Yeah, what's my my shy credentials? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, I grew up actually in the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, spent first half of my life there, and and still have family there. But moved here to Chicago. Oh gosh, uh, 1995. So I mean, however many million years ago that is. <laughs> so this is really home. My wife's from here. Her family is from here, and so um, and we live right downtown. I mean, you'll probably hear some sirens mm-hmm. <laughs> during the recording of this. So, yeah. you know, we've raised our kids in the city of Chicago. Um, okay. For a while, when Gene and I first got married, we lived out in the burbs. Yeah. But for the last 10 years, we've lived uh, here in the city. And, 
you know, it's, I love this city. I mean, it's got its challenges, as you know, being in Boston, like it's definitely got its challenges. It's got its, you know, beautiful and broken history and mm. so much potential. And, um, but I'm so grateful with all the struggle that it means to live in the city. Our, our kids are like light years past where I was at in my thirties. They're already, you know, at 14 and 11, they're already way past mm. us of having such a beautiful, bigger worldview and mm. such a deeper love for God in such real and tangible ways, you know? So so yeah, man. So I would say I'm, you know, I'm mostly, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a Chicago native, but I'm Chicago through and through. We love this city so much. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so you're, uh, you're a writer, you're a pastor and a speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking a little bit before the the podcast kind of on the dance between being a, being a pastor and, um, a writer. So now this is, yeah. this is your, your, uh, Third book, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, correct. Third book. Mm-hmm. So third book, um, kind of been through the process now, and uh, th- this book is now available for uh, a release. And I guess first off, congratulations on, on, oh, on thanks, your latest Tyler. book. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Can you, um, yeah, can you just share a bit more uh, about this book? E- even looking at the, the title, which is "Praying Through Overcoming the Obstacles That Keep Us from God." Um, it seems like there is uh, a theme that's quite apparent of just the challenge to just to find that connection of uh, of coming to God, and just just you know even beginning prayer it can be can be quite challenging for us. Can you talk a bit more about what you've been seeing uh, or experiencing that that led you to that gave you the inspiration rather to write this book? Yeah, uh, you know, I like we were just talking about. I've been a pastor now for. I mean, over 20 years, 24 years, 23 years. And so, you know, there's this vocational side of working with people and trying to help them find and follow Jesus and Mm. meeting people and being in a relationship with people who are kind of all over the spiritual spectrum, you know, some Mm. who've been at this as long as I have since I was a little kid, some who are brand new to this, some who are resistant to Mm. what, you know, having a life with or relationship with God. And so, Mm. you know, all along the way, there's this thing that is central and I would contend essential to a relationship with God and that's prayer. And so that Mm -hmm. comes up a lot, comes up a lot in the people that I care for and that I'm in relationship with and how we pray with each other or for each other or when we're stuck in prayer. And so there is this vocational side of, you know, being a pastor all this time, like, yep, this is one we, we talk about a lot. We get stuck in a lot. We stall out a lot with God in this one, but then, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would be lying if I didn't say it's also incredibly personal for me. I've been a mm-hmm. follower of Jesus much longer than I've been a pastor and started praying. I mean, I don't know. I think I was six when I said my very first prayer, you know, and and so that's a long time to have been praying and have had my own personal seasons where it's just where it's felt really alive and electric. Like, oh, my gosh, I feel connected to God more than ever. And then there's times where it's like. I mean, I can remember, Tyler, there was a time when uh, my father-in-law died. It was about 15 years ago. You know, I'm on staff at a fairly large church. This is before we started Soul City Church here in mm-hmm. downtown Chicago. So we were living in Chicagoland, pretty large church in the area. And uh, when my father-in-law, my wife's dad died, I just, it was the first real great loss in my life. I'd lost friends and I'd, you know, lost relatives, but this was the closest, most impactful loss. And I can just remember... Uh, I didn't want to talk to God. I didn't want to talk about God. I didn't. I was so shocked and sad and hurt and angry. And here I was. I was a teaching pastor at a, <laughs> at a fairly large church, and at the time writing a book. At that time, my first book, a book about God. 
And it was about a year, about almost a year and a half of just say, I, I just had nothing to say to God. Hmm. And so, you know, I could tell you, oh yeah, you know, all these years of being a pastor, I've seen these trends and this, the, the it's right. personal too. Right. I mean, it's incredibly personal for me. And so I looked back on my own life and the conversations that I've had with others along the way and thought, boy, there, there seems to be this theme that prayer is complicated. And when the more and more I kept kind of walking around that and kicking that rock over and looking at it again, and again, just really began to realize that God's not the one who complicates prayer. We're the ones who complicate prayer. We are the ones who make it complicated. And so my whole mission and, and goal and hope and desire for this book is to uncomplicate prayer. I just want to partner with people to uncomplicate prayer, to get it back to what God invites us into, which is presence with him. And sometimes that involves words and sometimes it doesn't, but it always requires us showing up to be present with God. So that's what the whole book is about, is taking those obstacles that might keep us from God and looking at those actually as opportunities, invitations to connect with God, maybe in a different way, a counterintuitive way than you might've thought. Mm-hmm. So in this, in this time when you were uh, facing something that was really challenging and kind of maybe shook you, I'd say would be a, mm-hmm. a word to use your kind of your, your understanding of prayer. Like what did you, what did you first do or what did, you know, how did you even kind of go about yeah. getting out or finding, well, finding joy in that? happy to share that because this is, I'm so grateful for the way God lovingly loved me through my resistance to him. Um, so here's exactly what it looked like. I knew I needed help. So I got a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. Um, it was someone that I'd known. Uh, my wife had actually actually been a spiritual director for my wife for a season. And so I thought, well, you know, Jean, my wife has incredible taste. So I'm like, she's gotta be great. And so I reached out to her and said, Hey, I'm stuck. I'm here writing these messages every week talking about God. And I don't, I don't, I don't even want to talk to God or, or even about God or certainly write about God in a book. And so, but her name is Cheryl Flesher and I just cannot mm-hmm. say thank you enough to her. I actually got to go out and see her this summer. She lives in San Diego. And so I got to go mm-hmm. spend some time with her this summer and just again, bless and bless her because she very patiently, lovingly, painstakingly, I wouldn't even say put me back together, but, but opened me up to new way of praying. So really what it meant was we would have breakfast. I think it was, it must've been every other week. I don't think she was doing it every week, but it was, it was more than, you know, it was very consistent. And we just began to unpack my unhealthy views of God, my broken views of God, uh, accepting what life in a broken world looks like. So there was a lot of that. And then she just taught me some different ways to pray. She taught me Lectio Divina. She taught me um, how to pray through past memories and hurts and wounds. I mean, you know, I, here I was with this inciting incident of losing my father-in-law and that's what, where I was stuck. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is that that just hit on top of a house of cards that I built around my belief zone, God. Mm-hmm. And so it, so I had to go back and go, wait a second, where did, where did this all begin? She taught me how to pray. You know, I was so hurt and angry at God over this loss. And so she's like, all right, well, you know, thank God there's the Trinity. And so we started, she taught me how to pray specifically to Jesus, how to pray specifically to the Holy Spirit. And eventually um, the Trinity worked (laughs) as it always does to mend my relationship with the Father and my hurt and heal my hurt there. And so, you know, that's what really, I mean, that's like part of, because of what she did for me, you know, I certainly... I don't have time and spiritual directors don't have time to meet with every single person, but that's really sort of why I wanted to write this book is what if I could help someone who may be stuck or someone who may be new to prayer, you know, who's just starting out going, man, I don't know where to begin. And if you're willing to get help, anything's possible. You can go anywhere. If you're willing to admit where you're at, 
you can go anywhere. And so that that's kind of the process that she led me through. And, and again, that's why I kind of walk through these different places where we get stuck to just offer some help or a different perspective than what we see right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And um, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's really awesome. And what, what I'm hearing um, from you and, and even just in your book as well is this, um, these, these spiritual practices, these dis- disciplines that we can incorporate into, into our lives. And I think there's a, I mean, just from conversations I have and, you know, the, the kind of the circles that I run in, there's a real, there's a real hunger and, and thirst for, um, different ways to connect with God, uh, through prayer. You had mentioned mm-hmm. Lectio Divina as, as one example. Um, and don't, we don't need to get too deep into what Lectio Divina is or some of these different practices, some of these different mm-hmm. examples. Can you share a bit more into this spiritual formation process, um, just to kind of maybe uh, sh- share a few examples that we can kind of unpack those in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, one of one of the ones that I talk about in the book is, um, and it's really simple. We practice this at our church, at Soul City Church, and that's posture prayer. Mm. It's how, you, and again, anyone could do this. You don't you don't have to learn a you know a certain number of steps. You don't have to pray a certain way. It's right. It's just using your body to to communicate maybe what your soul is trying to express to God. And so, you know, you might, I mean, you, you could easily think of um, raising your hands, like people do that sometimes when they worship, right? That's a, that's a posture prayer of saying, I acknowledge your greatness, I acknowledge your goodness, God. Mm. When we pray at our church at Soul City, we always encourage our folks and have for as long as I can remember, instead of folding our hands when we pray, we actually open our hands when we pray, we hold them open palms mm. up to God, and because that says two things. One, I'm here to offer myself to you, God. And two, I'm here to receive from you, God. Yeah. You know, it's just a yeah. little shift that allow my body is, is kind of communicating something that, that maybe my words couldn't, or I'm new to prayer, I don't know how to pray, or I'm just, you know, I don't even, I'm so exhausted, I've been praying so long, I don't have any words left, that mm. I can open my hands up. Another one that might be very familiar to folks is kneeling. That is one, that's an act of submission. I'm mm. humbling myself before you, God. Um, I just taught recently, um, at a friend's church, and we were talking about how to live in the direction of your prayer. How do you actually begin living and moving your life in the direction of your prayer? And so to close, we opened our hands like we do at Soul City. But then I had everyone put one foot slightly in front of the other mm-hmm. when they pray. And it's just a little way of saying, God, I'm moving. I'm willing to move mm-hmm. in this direction. And so that's a, like that's just a simple one. I walked through a bunch of different ones of those in the book. That's My hope would be, you know, we have a phrase around our church called spiritually practical. Like we wanted this to be a deep spiritual practice, but it's but that's actually doable for your everyday life. That's something that anyone can do uh, right now where they're at. You know, we mm. briefly mentioned Lectia Divina that's taking a verse, sometimes maybe two verses, and you or a short passage, and you read through it. And it's usually best led by someone else rather than just you, but you could do it at your house. Mm-hmm. You could do it at home. You read through it slowly, methodically, no distractions around you. And you listen for a word or a phrase that just pops out. And you go back and you read it again and are mindful and see if that's the word or phrase God has for you from this verse. And then you go back and you read it one more time again. And, and you know, as that word kind of lands on, you just sit and, and meditate with God on that word. God, what is it that you have for me in this word? What is it that you want me to pay attention to? It's, it's just, it's like the, you know, turning the, the gem, turning the diamond of prayer. It's just a little angle, a little twist, a little turn, and you mm-hmm. see things in a different light in a different way. And Again, I think sometimes we overcomplicate this by thinking, oh my, I, I never learned that, or I was never taught that. But this, it's actually not as complicated as we think. It just starts with you showing up as you are, saying, okay, God, this is all I got today. This is what I want to offer you today. Either it's my body or either it's this 
Mm. prayer that I'm going to write out in a journal. Anyone, you know, could do that. Or it's this reflective meditative prayer like Lectio Divina. So, um, yeah, those are a couple. And I, you know, I am no expert in this field at all. I'm the Mm -hmm. first to admit that I don't have a PhD in prayer. You know, this is just stuff that folks have generously taught me along the way. Ruth Haley Barton is another spiritual Mm -hmm. mentor who runs the Transforming Center. And, um, and I spent, years with her doing that, just learning these things, you know, again, having prayed most of my life, but really just wanting to find new expressions, new experiences of prayer. And ultimately, it's not just so that I have this, you know, arsenal or tool bag. It's the the whole goal is to connect me with God. How can I get as present with God as possible? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's awesome. And I think there can be this, maybe this mis, misconception that, um, that prayer um, looks one way or another. Uh, and I mean, that can be shaped as you mentioned, uh, just about kind of your, um, how you're raising your kids right now and kind of the experiences that they've been able to see, they, they're, they've been able to kind of have the, have this expansive understanding of, I guess, just the, the array of experiences. Um, mm-hmm. and in particular, I think prayer is a good example, uh, of a way of connection. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's sometimes when our, when our hands are in the air and, you know, and up on up high and sometimes when we're on the ground on our knees, in in that posture and sometimes as you said it's hands open you know submitting yeah. and receiving and i think it, it just yeah. it takes the load off i think and <laughs> that's a great way of saying it. it's just a great yeah. way of putting it yes the yeah. pressure off yes yeah and it just um i think it, it and it moves away from a transactional um maybe dynamic to one that's profoundly relational that's the whole idea you got it so and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to complicate this anymore. So if this is if this is complicating, then stop now. You know, I'm really good at complicating. Things, so yeah, I, I make it far more complicated than it needs to be. But yes, let's try and uncomplicate. Oh it. man! Um, but just the the way that you break down in the book is um, it, by chapter, just on different kind of uh, t- I'd say types of prayers. Um, you know, based on kind of what your need is, um, yeah, or what your right. so anxiety, gratitude. I, I looked at one kind of as confusion and, and need for guidance. Yeah, direction. Yeah, or direction rather. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, is important because we can find ourselves in, in these different seasons um, and, and patterns of prayer. How do you think about kind of moving through these? Um, you know, how is do you kind of move through on a daily basis? Uh, how does that look for you? Yeah, I think the, the – thank you for asking. Yeah, the chapters are really – largely independent, completely independent, in fact. And yeah. they're just, you know, they're based on our pain points. They're based on the places where we, what we might view as an obstacle, right, of connecting with God, whether I'm going through a season of grief. How do I connect to God when I'm grieving? Or like you mentioned, worry or, you know, when I'm worried or I'm yeah. facing anxiety, what do, how do I connect to God then? Or when I need help, how do I ask God for help? Another one is thanks. How do I say thanks? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I want to be a more grateful person. How do I incorporate that into my life? And so, you know, for me, it's not about this sequential, okay, first I'm going to pray this one, then I'm going to yeah. pray this one. The the way I wrote the book and the, the spirit behind reading or the idea behind reading the book is just start with, with the place where you're at. You know, if yeah. it's – I was just um, meeting with someone this – yesterday afternoon, in fact, and a part of our church. And they said, you know, they're like, I hope it's okay. I'm not reading it chapter by chapter. I just went straight to the one on gratitude yeah. because this last year was an incredibly difficult year. I mean – if I were to break down, Tyler, all that mm-hmm. happened in this guy and his, in his family's life, you, I mean, it's just heartbreakingly hard, you know, and he said, I went straight to the gratitude one 
because mm-hmm. I don't feel grateful right now for this last year. And he began to tell me the way he started to pray, even just yesterday from starting there. And it was so hum- – I mean, I teared up. It was like so yeah. humbling because, you know, you you write these things or you – you know, for me, I'll give a message. I'm like, man, I hope this connects. You know, I'm just trying to be faithful and do the thing. And yeah. you don't really know. And then here I am sitting across with someone that I'm in relationship with that I care about. And they said, wow, you know, this – I started there because that's where I'm most stuck with God. And that that's really the whole – idea of it is we start with the obstacle and then, you know, I try and unpack that and give a little context to how we get there and what it means, you know, when worry has the wheel of our life, you know, what does that actually look like? And, um, or when we're stuck without direction, how we make reactive decisions versus responsive decisions, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then offer a way to pray, uh, at the end, kind of a practical way, like, Hey, if this is you and this is where you're at, here's how you can actually uh, begin to pray. And the one, just use the example of the gratitude one, mm. you know, I, in the book talk about how to look to express gratitude beyond things that we would call good. You know, we tend to label things as good or bad, you know, and I, like I just said, you had a heartbreakingly hard year. I could go through 20 things this last year in 2019 for him and said, this is bad. This is not good. This is bad. But to look past that and go, well, if God actually works all things together for mm. good, can I get past seeing things as good or bad and just find a way to thank God in the midst of all of it? What did mm-hmm. God teach me in the midst of this? What did, what did God draw out of me in this difficult or challenging season? What did God, who did God bring around me when I was at my lowest? You know, and we would typically just write it off and go, well, that sucked. That was hard. I don't know. I don't want to talk. I don't have to, we don't have to think about that anymore. But what I would contend is there actually may be gold in there for you to mine in a relationship and connection with God to go, God, you were actually good to me in this. You taught me this. You carried me through this. You, mm-hmm. I'm still here. I'm, I'm saying this prayer today. I made it. You brought me through. And so, you know, that's kind of the whole idea of it is it's kind of flipping it on its head rather than, like I said, looking at it as obstacles. How might they be opportunities to connect mm-hmm. to God maybe in a new way? That That's really, that's fantastic and funny because I was, I was about to say the exact same thing on, it, it sounds like it's an, op, it's a time Thankfulness is a, a way of turning a problem um, or a challenge into an opportunity. Um, so it, 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 it's just, that's just funny. I was thinking the exact same thing that you, yeah. that you concluded. You can with. reframe it. I mean, it's still, right. you still have right. to make the decisions you have to make. You still have to face the consequences you have to face. Yeah. But you can give it a different context. You know, you could because what you're doing is saying, "No, God, I'm I'm looking for you. I'm finding you. I'm acknowledging you in this." That's just mm. a totally different context than I'm all on my own, having to do this on my own. Right. Right. And, and it's a, it's a posture shift as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Um, I want, I want to shift into, um, to a, another point. Oftentimes we hear, um, people say thoughts and prayers. Um, oh, yes. yeah, and it's been, you know, I think recently, uh, I think most notably is with the, with Kobe Bryant, for example. Yeah. Um, and which was tragic and really sad. Yes. And, um, and, and just, you know, you, you'll see thoughts and prayers. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> <laughs> what are my thoughts on thoughts and prayers? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I this has been one for me that, yeah, I, th- over the last five or so years, anytime that there's a tragedy, yeah. um, which there are a lot of, yeah. you know, that that's the thing you hear politicians say, celebrities say, and, you know, we put it in our tweets and our posts and, yeah. and, you know, I think, I think my belief is that it's well intended. It's like, Hey, this, this, you know, I want to let you know that I'm, I'm here, but I think it just, it, it just falls short. And, and and if anything, 
because it's been so misused, overused and misused, yeah. I, there's a backlash even to it now. It feels trite to say thoughts and prayers because while I believe that maybe, you know, that it comes from a good intentions, it lacks very little substance hmm. unless we're actually willing to hold space for that person in our thoughts and more specifically to hold space for that person in our, in our prayer. And, you know, I, I, I think that when it comes to grief and loss, we're always seem to be at a loss for words. And mm-hmm. what is so most surprising to me about myself and, and I believe about others too, is somehow when I'm at a loss for words, uh, I somehow pile more words on top of it. <laughs> when I don't know what to say, I just keep saying stuff. And lots of times I say dumb stuff. Yeah. And even when someone's grieving or hurting, I can say, I can add to that hurt. I can compound it by saying trite and trivial things like, well, God's got a plan. And it's like, what? yeah, that, yes, of course, that's true. Is that the most loving and helpful thing right now? And what I would contend and what I talk about in the chapter on yeah. grief in the book is that your presence is far, far more important than your words or your, or your yeah. thoughts, you know, that absolutely talk about how to pray with and for people who yeah. are grieving, but your presence is what someone most needs. They don't need you to fix it for them because when you're trying to fix it by saying a little thing like, well, don't, you know, what you're basically saying is, can you just please get over this? You know? And, and that's not what grief needs. It needs space. It doesn't need to be fixed. And so what I've shifted in doing, in fact, just did it. I mean, right before you and I got on to do this, uh, there's someone on our staff who just, you know, got some really unexpected, disappointing news. They're foster parents, and they just got a couple weeks ago their very first kids in their house. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they thought they were getting babies, and they got um, preteen and teenager. Yeah. <laughs> so it com- was a yeah. complete shift for them. And, yeah. you know, and it's been so cool to see our church just rally around them and support them and s- celebrate them opening their home in such a beautiful way. And anyway, right before... Uh, we hopped on this. I got a text saying that the the kids have been switched. The agencies were switched and they got kind of, you know, this bureaucracy move and, and they're going to be gone tomorrow. And it's just, he's just, they're just heartbroken. They just, just opened their house and their home up. And two weeks later, these kids are being moved to another home. And it'd be really easy for me just to say, oh man, I'll, I'll pray for you. And that's, a, I, again, I believe that's like thoughts and prayers. It's a good intention. So the thing that I've tried to do, and I certainly don't do it perfectly, Tyler, but I've tried to switch the tense on that. Instead of saying, I will pray for you, I stop before I text or before I call, and I just pray right there in that moment. And that's what I did. I, I prayed for him and his wife. I prayed for these their kids, and and it was about 60 seconds. And then because we were about to hop on, I didn't have time to, to call him. I shot him a quick text and said, hey, I just prayed for you. Here's what I prayed. And mm. to me, that says more than just a blanket thoughts and prayers, which maybe I'll get around to doing. Maybe I won't. Right. Instead, I want to switch it to sort of a past tense and say, I just did this. Here's how I'm with you. Um, here's what I prayed for you. And that to me is just a small shift, you know, because I think lots of times uh, people of faith, you know, will say that to each other, maybe at church, like, oh, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. You know, pray yeah. for me. I'll pray for you. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and that's great. I think it's yeah. beautiful, yeah. right? But I just think it's more powerful when you say, I did. I already did. And quickly, like, you know, it doesn't have to take a long time. Here's what I prayed for you. Just so you know, this was, I already prayed. I already stood in, in this space for you. I contended for you. I held this space for you. And here's how I did it. 
And so, you know, the thoughts and prayers thing, again, I, I think it's, I think it's the literal least we can do is to tweet that and say that I would contend to actually praying for someone. And if there's any way possible, you know, certainly mm-hmm. with the situation like the loss of Kobe and Gigi and the other families yeah. and the pilot that were involved in this, yeah. as we're recording this very recent tragedy, I, there's no way for me right. to communicate that to them. But we pray, I, we were praying for all of them. Our family, our kids have been, we, our family has been really hit by this. We had another season of grief that we walked through this summer my wife has now lost her brother as well he died this summer and so this recent death that's been in the news has really touched an uh, a unhealed wound of grief that we're walking through right now for our family so it's really hit us and it's just tapped into grief that we're still in the midst of right Mm. so instead of you know like saying oh we should pray for them we just do we just you know on on the Commute to school this morning, you know, which is about a three-minute commute for our kids, but for on the commute to school this morning, they prayed for that family, for each of the families involved in that recent mm-hmm. tragedy. And so, to me, it's just it's 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 backing up, it's filling in your intention by actually seeing it all the way through to completion. And I just think that's more meaningful to someone. And again, I'd go all the way back to what I said, even more than thoughts and prayers, your presence and just being physically with someone and saying, "Hey, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm for you." Let me know if there's anything you need. I'm going to try and anticipate your needs because you may not even know what you need. I just think that goes so much further when you show up for someone. You just show up for them. And my wife says it this way. (laughs) I'll give her full credit for this. When someone's grieving, you show up and you shut up. That's yeah, it's yeah. her loving way of saying it. Is you show up and then don't say dumb things. Just be yeah. with them. You don't, you know, like don't try and fix it. Don't try and give them something to, you know, kind of make it go away. Just show up, be with them, and then, you know, your presence says more than maybe yeah. even your words. Yeah. Wow. Very, very well said. And I think that's the people say, um, Thoughts and prayers, I think, is a cliche, and the things about cliches where they're 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 very true, but they um, they lose their substance or they lose their um, yeah. Just I think that meaning of uh, yeah, they're thin. They're very they're thin. thin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think I, the, I think a sports metaphor would make the most sense here. Of um, if if it's like you know taking a, a free throw or a three pointer, and you're going up for that shot, and you don't go all the way through, or you don't follow through on your um, on on your form, yeah. Rather, and it's you know it's 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 the right look. It's, it's a good fall intention. Short. Yeah, yeah right. it's yeah. gonna fall a little bit yep. short. Yeah, that's uh, right. And I think that's um, that that's so important uh, that 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 follow through and just that 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 commitment. Um, and a lot of times, I, and I, we all find ourselves in this in grief and loss and just instances that incite or incur a lot of pain in us unsure what to say. Um, and I think that presence is something I'm no counselor by any means, but I think that, right. pre- that presence, um, when I've been in, when I've been in times when, this, when, when I've had times of just pain and, uh, and frustration, um, that has been super helpful for me and help, helping me kind of see that people are there with me. Um, yeah, it says so much. Yeah. It says so much. Um, yeah. I want to just transition as we kind of wrap yeah. up on the podcast. Um, the, the the title of your book praying through and we we've touched on this a little bit but it's uh there's this notion that there's uh, a bit more consistency um and uh i guess just there's, there's a, kind of a long a long game approach in mind how do yes. you when I, I think sometimes we 
um, either find ourselves in rhythms that kind of have lost their zest, so to speak, <laughs> or, or, or rather maybe we've been praying for something or someone for a while and it, uh, we're just, we want to recenter that back into our life. Um, yeah. what, what, did, what advice kind of, how, how do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say is, you know, anyone who's committed in their heart to pray has found it hard to pray. I mean, that's just, it's going to happen at some point. It's, you know, it's like love. Like when you're first in love and in a relationship with someone, it's like, oh my gosh, everything's awesome, you know? And then over time it's like, oh wait, this is not as awesome or this takes work or Mm. there's more awesome out there, but we got to do some work to get there. We may need to change some things up and some old habits and patterns maybe need to be transformed here. And so the same is true. I love that phrase. I mean, that's been um, really important to me over this last year is seeing the long game. And yeah, that's what this is. It's not about, for me, it's not about, uh, a time of prayer and that's kind of how I was brought up. And I, I, I understand why it makes a ton of sense. You know, like what's your time of prayer? It's like, Oh, mine's in the morning. Oh, mine's in the night. You know, I have this little time of prayer and that's beautiful and mm-hmm. meaningful. And I would contend more than most people actually commit to praying. But what I, I see the invitation all throughout the Bible is not just to a time of prayer, but a life of prayer. How do I actually, how does this become my way through this life? And, you know, I think that it does. It's just, it's like everything you use. So, okay, let me give you a, you use a sports example. I'll use one as well. I have a buddy who plays in the NBA and he's a veteran. He's been playing for a very, very, very long time. So Mm -hmm. he's very good at the game, been playing for a very long time. And every time we're with them, you know, he's talked to me about his, he's got these different coaches that help him. And he was telling me this summer when we, we actually were on vacation together, hanging out. And I just said, I'm like, break it down. What do you, what, what is it that you're learning right now? And he was telling me about how he's repositioning his elbow and he's turning his wrist a tiny bit. And he went into great length at like, and showing me just the little shift that he's making and how it's radically improving his game, right? And this yeah. was before the season started, and it has. It's proofs in the pudding. He's playing incredible at this point in his career. And it was this little shift that he made, you know, because he always kind of shot this way or always kind of done this way, and he was at a point where he's getting older, his body, you know, is getting a little bit older, and so he's going, okay, how do I adjust? How do I adapt? How do I make... And for him, it was this seemingly small thing that opened up this whole new experience for him. And I think lots of times that's how it can be. It's, it's for a season I may be in where it's like, okay, I, I could do this, you know, journaling or something like that, you know, which is great. It's like maybe that's not what's going to most connect me to God. What's most going to connect me to God is silence. Maybe it's silence and meditation. Maybe it's instead of 15 minutes of journaling or whatever it might be, which is, again, nothing wrong with that. Maybe in this season, mm-hmm. I need to just practice silence, five minutes of uninterrupted, no music, no Bible, no journal, no nothing. Mm. And I'm going to sit and I'm just, I'm going to embody Psalm 4610. I'm going to be still mm. and know that God is God. He is good. He's in control. And by my just being still, I am resting in that reality. That's a small little shift. But I, again, I think going back to the metaphor I just used, it can open up infinite new possibilities for you or you know it it may be that you are um we were talking about grief a little bit ago you know you're walking through a season of grief and it doesn't have to be the death of someone that you love it could be the death of a dream you know it's like oh man i thought my life was going to be this point but it's not now or the loss of a job or the end of a relationship 
And I talk about how important it is in those seasons to borrow the faith of others that you, you maybe the best thing you can do is just lean into some other folks and say, I just don't have it in me to pray. Will you pray right now with me? Like before we end this phone call, would you just pray for me? Would you pray with me? Can I, you know, and what you're doing is you're connected with God, but you're outsourcing it. You're asking someone else, you know, to step in with you to do that. And that's a little shift that actually keeps you connected to God or may even connect you to God in deeper ways. Because if you just sat down to do it the way you've always done it, it's just for whatever reason in this season, that's not going to work right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's why in the book and each the end, at the end of each of the chapters, I offer a different way of praying. Try this. You know, some include setting little alarms on your, you know, your phone, your calendar app that go off, you know, at nine, at noon, at three and at six. And they're just little like little prayer calls, little calls to prayer, you know, like the bells throughout the city. Yeah, just a little yeah. call for you to go, OK, I'm going to stop for 60 seconds and just be grateful. What can I just be grateful for in this moment? And that's just a different way of praying. You know, it's this um, I'm incorporating this thing that I use for everything else in my life. I'm going to incorporate it into my life with God mm-hmm. or using post-it notes or like lots of little tactical, practical ways of just, yeah, mixing it up a little bit. And I think with a lot of this, you know, it's, it's like anything else. It's you sort of find what works for the season that you're in. And I think that's just evidence of mm-hmm. the goodness and vastness of and even a mystery of God. That he's so great and so big and so good that I have so much more room to play. You know, I have so much more room to connect with him in maybe ways that I wasn't raised with or I didn't, you know, grow up knowing or whatever maybe. But like, oh man, I'm connecting with I'm actually having a connection with God. I'm asking him for this, or I'm sitting in silence for that, or I'm thanking him for for this. And I, I might not have otherwise done so if I just kept on doing it the way that I was taught to do it as a kid or I grew up doing it. And so, yeah, I would say there's a there's a lot more room to explore in the, the vastness of the mystery of God when it comes to how you choose to be present with him. Hmm. Wow. And I think the beautiful thing about prayer is it's just um, it it, it allows us to have so much freedom, um, yes. em, empowerment and just overall relaxation. And I think especially now, um, stress and anxiety and confusion it just, it, it, again, back to what we were saying earlier, it just takes a load off. So, um, yeah, it really does. And, yeah. and it goes back to what you said, it takes that pressure off, you know, right, right. and I would say like personally for me, that practice of silence and meditation has become incredibly important to me. And I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. I'm input is one of my, you know, yeah. um, ways that I grow and I'm always listening to something. I'm always reading something. And for me to go the counterintuitive way in this season, it's just in this yeah. season, I don't know how long it'll last has been incredibly important to just sit, to just be still and just rest in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I was taught growing up. It's, it's not what, you know, I really saw anyone doing, but there's so much more freedom and it takes the pressure off of me having to try and force a prayer that isn't maybe authentic or, or right. coming from a true place within me yeah. to connect to God. So yeah, I agree there. It, yeah. that, I, I, that's man, if we can uncomplicate prayer together, like <laughs> I would be so happy. That would be so yeah. meaningful for me yeah. and for my friends. If we could just uncomplicate this thing more than we already have, we've made yeah. it so hard. Wow. Absolutely. Um, well, Jerry, it's been, it's been awesome having you uh, on today, hearing more about your book, um, some of your story and, I really do hope listeners can have the the chance to pick up a copy as well. Where where can people find you and um, just all the, the the great work that you're doing? 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, um, you can find me at jarrettstevens.com. That's the website, Jarrett Stevens. So that's J-A-R-R-E-T-T, Stevens with a V.com. And the same on social, you can find me at the, it's my same name there too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find out about Soul City Church at soulcitychurch.com. That's our church here in the city of Chicago. If anyone is in the city of Chicago or near the city of Chicago, we'd love for you to pop in. To, a uh, very dynamic and diverse growing church. And so, um, yeah, we'd love for anyone mm-hmm. to to join us. And then, yeah, as far as the book, I mean, that would, if anyone wants to kind of go further and explore more, they can get that anywhere, you know, Amazon, any, anywhere books are sold, you can uh, yeah. you can get a copy of that. And um, and again, my, my hope is that it would help. Awesome. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll link to all, all, all of these links in the show notes as well. Oh, um, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know what, would you actually mind praying for, for us and our, our listeners today um, as, as they go off? Yeah, I'd love, I mean, can I just offer thoughts and prayers instead? Can we just say that? <laughs> and then we can leave? <laughs> Close out with that. Just, yeah. you know what, thoughts and prayers, that's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Thank you. That's really meaningful. You, yeah. And, and this is, this is um, gosh, who even knows who is hearing this, where they're at and what they're hearing. So God, mm-hmm. we just rest in your... Um, omnipresence you are beyond and above space and time and so here we are recording this prayer but god you are longing for anyone who's hearing this to just connect with you to start right here right where they're at and so god i pray for a deeper stirring a deeper desire in us to to push us to a place of of coming to you and god i pray for courage and creativity to connect with you. I pray specifically, God, for anyone who is discouraged, who is hurting, who is feeling anxious or overwhelmed, who's maybe walking through a season of grief. Would you be their comfort right now? Would you be that peace that you promised that you would give to us that passes all of our circumstances, all of our all of our loss, all of our longing? We need that peace. And so, God, I pray for anyone who's listening to this right now, who's just feeling overwhelmed and undone, would you just bring peace right now? And and God, for anyone who's listening to this who may be stuck and who's, uh, they just kind of run out of words, you know, they're just they're just stuck. God, would you remind them that there's more to, to connecting with you than just words? That God, you, your first language is, is silence. You actually live in silence. You are so incredibly comfortable in silence. So would you help us be more comfortable in just resting in your presence, acknowledging your presence? And God, I pray for anyone who's in a season right now where they're celebrating life is is going in a way that is meaningful and fulfilling to them. God, I pray that you would help them connect the dots back to you, that you are a good God who is a perfect parent who always has only our best in mind and that they would just tell you all the things that you already know about yourself, God, how good you are, how, how deep your character, your love is for us, how consistent your character and how deep your love is for us, God. So I pray that you'd even remind them right now as they're listening to this to just, just take the, a minute to just thank you, God, for all that's going on in their life. And thank you, God, for this crazy technology thing called podcast where we get to connect and and share about uh, our lives and about you and make connections that we might not otherwise do. Thanks for Tyler, God. We pray blessing over him as he's just trying to help people find and follow you. And so, God, we pray for continued blessing over him and over this work. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen.